0: so there's a little bit of uh, of noise <laughs> so there was a drunk driver who drove through uh the law firm above me drove Holy through crap drove through their office welcome back to the talking hedge i'm josh Kincaid, capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast. Today we've got Chuck Warner. He's a founder and CEO of Cannabis and Tech. Today he's also involved with the Emerge Virtual Conference and a whole lot of other cool stuff. So, Charles or Chuck, <laughs> thanks for being back on. Or thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I've, I've uh, you've been on my short list because uh, uh, you know we always keep an eye on the different podcasts out there, and I uh, love what you what you're doing.
0: I appreciate it. I just saw some really cool stuff um, on your website yesterday about a, a, a pro roll or roll pro. Um, did you see that that interview about the cylindrical joint, not a, a, a cone?
1: Yes, yes. That's that a- is uh, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to see. You know, on uh, on cannabis and tech today, we're trying to, you know, uh, not be just another lifestyle publication, but really bring some of the cool. Um, you know some of these cool kind of tech and and sciencey stories uh, to the mainstream in cannabis.
0: So this is going to be revolutionary because cones aren't the ideal draw, right? If cones were ideal, then you would see big tobacco kind of copying suit. But here we're seeing uh, a new revolutionary way to make um, cannabis cigar or c- cigarettes, if you will, not the cones. So I first saw this um, on your um, on your site for cannabis and tech and today. Um, that's probably the coolest thing I've seen in five years since I tried to pitch something very similar <laughs> to that, to the marijuana show, like shark tank for cannabis five years ago, finally yeah. on the scene, finally making those. Um, so very cool. Uh, that might be my favorite story of the year.
1: <laughs> it's, it's cool. The technology is getting better. You know, I think that was one of the biggest challenges with pre-rolls was you didn't know what you were going to get. You know, sometimes you get one that draws great. And sometimes you get one you're like, what the heck is going on? So I think some of the uh, you know where the technology is going is to is to fill the cones uh, more evenly, so that you can get a more consistent experience you know and it's not like the grab bag, you you get what you get you know when you're buying a pre roll.
0: Tell me how you started getting into the industry and or how you started cannabis and tech um, kind of what got you started and and what it's all about.
1: Yeah, so uh, Cannabis and Tech today, we've been around, I guess we're going on about two and a half years now. Um, and uh, over at our company, Innovative Properties, we make uh, all kinds of tech magazines in different verticals. So our flagship is called Innovation and in Tech today. Um, it's kind of the CES type stuff. You know, it's got a lot of gaming, smart home, cybersecurity, that kind of stuff. Um, and we've been doing that and, and just really enjoying being in the space, being a partner with all the major events. Um, and then, you know, I'm a part owner in a, uh, in a cannabis tech company. And we were thinking, you know, we need a tech magazine in the cannabis space. And you know, there's a lot of great, great business magazines. There's a lot of great lifestyle magazines. You know, we love all the brands that are out there. We just thought we could bring little bit of our expertise in making really high quality publications, you know, celebrities on the cover, but really good content too. Um, And that was sort of the brainchild. It was like, uh, living in Denver and being a part owner of a cannabis tech company, we were like, "Let's let's do a spinoff from Innovation and in Tech today." And uh, it was received really well. It was uh, something that a lot of people said, "Hey, this is cool." We were looking, you know, for this type of a magazine to sort of complement everything else that was out there in the space. And so that was that was a few years ago, and uh, we've been we've been really going strong. And um, it's it's actually one of our best you know best selling and most popular uh, publications out of the five we have here.
0: One of my crystal ball predictions for 2020 was that automation AI was going to kind of take over, we were going to see vertical integration or vertical farming, um, and AI and all of these things didn't quite happen. But maybe this is the year, Uh, where do you kind of see, you know, 2021 playing out with new innovation, automation, and technology?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that, you know, um, the cannabis industry is moving fast, you know? Um, It's resourceful. Uh, People are, you know, they're looking to scale. There's other people moving in. States are coming online. It's definitely, even though the pandemic was crazy and affected a lot of people, I would say the industry is still looking to innovate, you know, and move forward. Um, Some of the stuff that we've noticed, obviously because of the pandemic, um, uh, you know, contactless uh, service. So any kind of like, you know, kiosks, um, you know, touchless uh, delivery has become really big, you know, since the pandemic. Um, we're just noticing a lot of stuff on the retail and dispensary side. Um, and I would say that, yeah, I think, I think there is more automation. And I think there's more of that kind of smart technology going in on the cultivation side as well. Um, because, They're still continuing to, you know, have new builds and have new cultivation facilities, and they want the latest and greatest tech. So, you know, a lot of these panels that we're on, a lot of these things that I'm checking out is, yeah, they want to know how they can be in line just with, you know, the greatest cultivators across all all spectrums, you know, so they're using the same technology and the same, you know, artificial intelligence and and things like that. But that's a really good question, because I think that... um, you know, I think that this this cannabis industry is uh, is hungry and resourceful, and I think that they want to be on top of the uh, the tech side as well, you know, especially how important it is to have good yields and uh, and to put out good quality product.
0: All right, so post-pandemic, we've seen a lot of changes. I'm just going to do a voiceover for this. But, so post-pandemic, okay. we've seen a lot of changes in the industry. And so I'm wondering um, your take on all of that. What have you kind of seen where people have taken a pause in 2020 and how they're like redirecting uh, with uh, the whole shift of post-pandemic? There's a lot of shifts. I think like, for example, in Washington, we might see um, people moving towards delivery where we don't have uh-huh. that. So, what's what's been put on pause due to the pandemic, and when, what's been given a fast track?
1: Yeah, I think that you know, obviously, the what's been really been put on pause um, is, is, you know, events, you know, and, and how the industry gets together. I mean, the events are kind of the sort of the lifeblood, you know, of this industry and it's where people get together to learn. It's where people get together to, you know, see old faces and network. And let's be honest, a lot of business gets done, you know, at, at a lot of these events. So I think removing that from the equation really forced a lot of businesses to kind of say, okay, cannabis is essential how do we continue you know, to grow our business and how do we continue to move forward when we've lost a pretty important part of, of the industry? You know? So I definitely think the events, um, but I will also say that I think a lot of, I think a lot of brands have just kind of chilled out. Maybe they want to wait out the storm. I think other ones have actually used this as an opportunity to reset, to look inward and, and maybe to form new partnerships or, or, or new ideas. Cause right now you can get a hold of everybody you know, like, I mean, everybody's pretty accessible. Remember how before when everyone was traveling and, you know, you had business trips and events and things like that. It was hard to get people. Now, a lot of people, um, they're at home, you know, and they're looking for ideas to collaborate and stuff. You know, you can get, you can get almost anybody cause they're they're at their house just like you know you and I are in Colorado and Washington. It's uh, so it has opened up some opportunities, but I definitely think that um, you're on the right track. Delivery, you know, um, uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, contactless, auto- automating the process, you know, for it. I think that that's grown quickly. And I also think that uh, brands are having to pivot on how they're conducting business. You know, I, I can even tell you, um, my company STM Canna, You know, we used to spend a lot of money every year sending out our techs when we would sell, you know, uh, pre-roll machines or or grinders or whatever. We've learned how to save all of that money, and now we're doing remote training, and now we're doing remote, you know, uh, customer service. So again. I guess everybody's just having to sort of pivot, um, but this is a resilient industry. I mean, this is a bunch of hard charging people that have had to go through, you know, prohibition and you know everything else. So I think it's a resilient group, and they're, um, yeah, they're trying new things and and just trying to, um, you know, get through this like everybody else. Yeah, we've all had to learn to pivot to stay relevant in the industry.
0: Um, tell me a little bit about emerge, um, the virtual conference. And tell me how you've been able to pivot that uh, during, um, you know, post-pandemic.
1: Yeah, so we were all just talking, you know. I mean, when the when the pandemic kind of kind of kicked off, and I'm going to say like March or April, um, you know, here in Colorado we locked down pretty hard. Um, I know you guys did in Washington as well, California. You know, we we started we were participating in a lot of virtual events, um, you know, moderating, attending, you know, whatever, doing these things. But we noticed that there was something kind of Missing from most of the virtual events, um, there was just you know there were some things that were good and there were others that that weren't. So we put our heads together. It was it was myself. It was uh, Andre Bork. It was just a bunch of our friends in the industry, um, you know, other media entities, PR. And We just said, what if we did a community? uh, type event. We called it emerge Cause we think that as an industry, we're going to emerge stronger. We're going to emerge smarter. You know, it was just something kind of cool, but we truly created a community event where we all collaborated on the content, you know, the sponsorships. And, um, it was, it was received really well. I think one of the biggest differentiators was that we have, um, you know, avatars it's got the, uh, the virtual reality hookup. So you can use your, your Google cardboard or, or whatever, but it was, um, it made the networking seem a little bit more like the good old days of going to events. And we noticed a little community forming around that. So we're getting ready to have our, our third Emerge. Um, that's going to be this March. The theme is going to be cultivation and sustainability. And uh, we'll have, you know, rock star lineups, three auditoriums going. Um, we'll have some really good tracks. And I can say that the last Emerge that we had, what we've noticed is it's really turning into a like a big giant leads exchange. Um, We had almost 20,000 business cards exchanged by attendees and exhibitors at the last Emerge, which is not too shabby for a virtual event, especially for a lot of people itching to do business. So we heard from a lot of people that, you know, they sold contacts, they set up some business appointments. So in a way that was kind of why we launched Emerge was to sort of be a solution for the time being so that people could get together you know learn do some networking and hopefully do some business and it's um that's kind of it's kind of worked out in in a in a pretty good fashion
0: that's great that's good timing too i'm going to have to i got a podcast later on with jason lammers of 420 wholesale pack who is making uh, joint tubes right here this is made from 100% recycled material Oh, I love that! Um, in the U.S., we're making it, or he's making it in Washington, so it's, uh-huh. it's domestic. It's cheaper than China, and it's made from recycled material. So everything that you're, you know, you're used to, um, we're finally taking plastic out of the environment. So I'm going to hook him up with you afterwards because I think he should be a speaker or or participant or sponsor. Would love that for sustainability because this is what it's all about: is getting these out of landfills.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's one of the first things we all notice, right, in the industry is like, man, there's a lot of packaging. <laughs> like, there's like a, you know, there's like a package in a package and a package. And, you know, we're kind of like, all right, this is, you know, one of the things I think that we really got to do, you know, during this pandemic last year, as we were kind of going into the summer months, was it was... I mean it was happening all across the country but there was a lot of upheaval you know there was a lot of um you know there were there were people marching in the streets it was an opportunity i think to sort of reevaluate what we're doing and why we're doing and i think that it was a good time for us as an industry to look inward and make sure that things like social equity and sustainability were front and center. You know, I just I really think that it became out in the open. We had a little time for self-reflection. And um, yeah, I mean, if this is our sandbox and it's going to continue to grow, why not have our best foot forward when it comes to those issues and sustainability being a huge one? You know, it's our planet, there's a whole bunch of plastic in the ocean. And yeah, I mean, this is actually the plant itself is. It's kind of a spiritual thing, you know, it's a real connecting uh, type thing, and it would be disingenuous, you know, if, if we were not at least trying to use less plastic, you know, not less packaging and stuff like that. So I think the industry wants to be sustainable, and I, I really think it's, it's my job and yours to give a platform to these people that are doing innovative stuff, because, you know, that's, that sparks creativity, that gets other people excited, you know, and then eventually, as a culture, you get what you celebrate.
0: Yeah, I think Santa packaging was a big story at the beginning of the year about using recycled materials. Um, So what is your favorite story of 2020?
1: Oh, man. I mean, it probably sounds cliched, but I really thought that it was cool when when the, when the, the pandemic was kicking off. And I thought it was cool that a lot of the companies pivoted and started making hand sanitizer, started making PPE. I mean, I even found out we had a guest that a lot of the labs, um, the labs that are set up for, for cannabis testing and stuff across the country, they could be converted, you know, to do testing for Corona. So, you know, they could do PCR testing and stuff. So, I mean, I just thought it was cool that the cannabis industry really grew up before our eyes and kind of stepped up you know, to to bat like a lot of other industries did too. You know, there were breweries that were making uh, hand sanitizer and stuff like that. You know, so I just think it was cool that the cannabis industry, number one, was deemed essential. That's a really, really big deal. And then number two, the way that the different, the different companies stepped up to just try to do what they could in the face of some really uncertain times. I think that was, um, I just think it reflected really highly upon the industry and that um, there's no going back you know, there's no putting the toothpaste back in the tube. Cannabis is here to stay. It is essential. And those, uh, you know, everybody kind of just came together like a lot of other people did. I think that was something that's, um, you know, pretty monumental from last year. What do you you think?
0: Oh man. What's my favorite story? Yeah. Um, probably, uh, probably seeing the the optimism in the industry from a stock market perspective after the election. Mm. So as soon as the house and the Senate and the presidency went democratic, it changed everything. And we saw through our own um, AI based investment fund called the C3 that our stocks in cannabis uh, skyrocketed. And in fact, uh, this year we're up 27% uh, just in three wow. weeks. So that to me was really exciting. That was an indicator that, oh my God, I got to stop everything else I'm doing and focus on this fund. So we've raised yeah. 5 million since August and and that's where it's at is is looking at maybe federal legalization and all of the speculation into the market as as we get to that point.
1: That's that's really cool because I know for a while the people that had stocks were taken a beating. And uh you know, it's like anything else, right? I mean it goes in cycles and it goes up and down and you're right. I think that was really cool to see uh, that start to come out, and I think I think a little more scrutiny, you know, is going into these mega, mega multi-state operators and you know everything like that. And I think we're starting to look at you know how do they run their company? You know, is it just based on profits or is it people? You know, and sustainability and stuff. So I think we're starting to look a little bit more skeptically. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the dot com era, you know, where you just have this like big rush with all these companies and these crazy valuations, and eventually. It kind of settles down, you know, and then the cream rises to the top. We might, we might be kind of moving in that direction there.
0: Yeah, and the brewery industry, because there's not a whole lot of craft growers yet that are growing, you know, things that people actually want to smoke. So I think we'll get there eventually. I think one of the more like, intriguing stories uh, was initiated by Kyle Turley, um, who was an ex NFL player who was uh, said some some uh, hyperbolic things about CBD and curing. Corona member, and he had to step down from his companies and the board and everything because he wanted to stay true to his, his, uh, his thoughts or whatever. And I thought that was, I thought it was crazier than shit in the beginning. And then, you know, yeah. once stories came out and you're like, oh, wow, this has some legitimacy. Did you guys cover yeah. that whole transition and, and, uh, where, where do you guys stand on that, that concept?
1: <clears throat> Well, I think that, you know, obviously we're a tech and science publication um, and, you know, innovation and tech today being our flagship, like we truly believe that you've got to stick to the science and, and that, um, you know, look, there's it's going to put a black eye on the industry. If you're claiming that the plant does things that you can't substantiate. So we don't want to go out there and, you know, listen, man, the, the FDA, you know, the, the food and drug that you can't claim stuff in your advertising or in your marketing that can't be backed up and you don't want them sniffing around. So I think that, you know, and I can't remember, I think he said that like a uh, CBD, his CBD cures, uh, you know, COVID or or it was something along those lines. And, you know, he got attacked pretty hard on social media. I remember seeing that, you know, kind of go down like there was a, it was like the shootout at the OK Corral on Twitter and Kyle Turley, you know, was in the middle of it all. And I can understand the guy's probably, you know, pretty passionate about it, but you can't say stuff that cannot be, you know, backed up. And so we have to be very careful, you know, with the stuff that we put out, the stories that we put out. And I think as an industry, we've got to kind of police, you know, ourselves, because if we start putting wild, wild claims out there and stuff like that, it's just going to, it's going to hurt the whole, you know, it's going to hurt the whole industry. And uh, so I think that that, I think it kind of got squashed pretty quickly, but that was, that's really, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a, that was kind of one of those moments where it's like, okay, what are we going to do here? How are we going to deal with this? <laughs> and and it was there was a little bit of self policing, I think, uh, within you know the industry and people there that were just like, dude, you can't you can't say this shit. You just can't.
0: Right. Yeah, we want to stay as legitimate as possible, and and so that was mm-hmm. kind of a, a big issue. Um, but transitioning from from more of the, the stories to what people are saying on stage with your um, emerge virtual events now because this has to be virtual. Um, the events where I was in person in 2019, I was hearing a lot about mergers and acquisitions, international expansion, regulations, and investment capital increases. What are people talking about now, post pandemic? What are some of the topics that are, you're kind of hearing that, you know, you're kind of seeing this new theme or, or whatever. What's, what's kind of the ongoing direction?
1: Yeah, I think that you know one of the things that we strived for was not to just recycle the same you know topics and the same people. Like, not that there's anything wrong with it; those are good topics, and they're and they're really good speakers. We just wanted to do something a little bit fresh, a little bit different. Um, so I can say that at our first uh, our first emerge, you know, we had a lot of people tell us like I'd never seen speakers that that diverse. You know, we really had some just strong diversity across the board, um, and I think that that was important. A lot of topics. Um, that we're about, you know, obviously, because it was, let's see, it was September of last year. So there was still a lot of, uh, you know, there were people marching in the streets. This wasn't too long after, you know, George Floyd. Um, and so, you know, I think social equity was, was something that was really important to us and corporate responsibility. So those were a couple of our themes for the spring. Um, and then we had our winter emerge. And that, you know, we tried to shift gears. So we're not just you know, covering the same type of things. Um, And this was more, uh, you know, health and wellness. We had a lot of focus on CBD. Um, I think a lot of the topics are kind of the same, but I would say what's different is, you know, like we said earlier, everybody's pivoting right now. And so we had some business tracks that were very popular, you know, people interested in, you know, how how to market, during a pandemic, right? That's something that was that was pretty interesting. How to message during, you know, riots in the streets and stuff like that. How should a brand be positioning itself? Should a brand be quiet? You know, should a brand take a stand? I'm sure you saw lots of brands. Uh, they drew a line in the sand, you know, and they came out for things like Black Lives Matter and they came out for, you know, certain social issues where maybe they wouldn't have before. So I think that was definitely something, you know, how do we communicate? during these times, what, what should our brand be doing? Um, And I think that was something that was, you know, that was pretty important, but also, you know, the, the executional stuff, you know, business, how do we conduct business now? How do I, how do I get appointments, you know, during a pandemic, that stuff was also kind of unique. And I think that was just because of the, the unique time that we're, you know, in the, 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 the kind of the, the audience wanted that kind of content, you know, that was what they were hungry for. But, um, but you know, the same things again, um, you know, stock valuation and, you know, uh, growing your business expansion, you know, all that stuff. I think that, um, I think, look, our numbers show that people were downloading our podcast more, they were visiting our website more. So during this time where people were at home, they were still consuming a lot of content, you know, and people were looking to continue to learn and continue to, you know, find ways to, to grow their, uh, grow their business.
0: So with virtual events, how do you foresee that moving forward? When when the pandemic is over and people are meeting in person, there's going to be a certain segment or group of folks that can't make it, don't want to make it, whatever. Probably gonna have to be inclusive of those groups. Will it be virtual reality and augmented, you know, headsets? What is it gonna be that that brings everything together
1: virtually and will that ever happen? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think and I think it's a fair question because um, People miss connection. We miss people. But there's logistical issues with it. So I think that you're going to have some people that want to do virtual, and they can attend it during the day, and they can go and they can exchange their business cards. They can, you know, at our event, you can be listening to a session, and you can have it playing on a window on the corner of your screen, and you can be, you know, doing emails. You can be networking. Like, it's something you can be attending, but you don't have to fly hotel, you know, wear a mask, you know, all that stuff. I think that moving forward, um, you'll have a combination of in-person and maybe some hybrid, you know, I think that you will still have some people that say, no, that's cool. Let me, let me do this for six hours during the day. And then I go to little Johnny soccer game, you know, at night and I eat dinner with my family. And I think some people are going to like that, but I think others as well, you know, sometimes you like to get out of the house, you know, you want to go to Vegas, you want to go to, you know, San Diego or Miami because. There's a conference there, so I think there'll be a place for both. But I think that there will be more hybrid events. I mean, one thing I never understood was when you went to the in-person events before. A lot of times you had great speakers, you had great, uh, you know, great sessions and stuff like that. I don't know if they ever recorded those sessions or if they ever even tried to put them out digitally. After I'm talking big events like CES, right? We're a big partner with CES. That's the the granddaddy of them all when it comes to conferences, you know, 175,000 people. uh, It takes over Vegas and they have all these great speakers and stuff. I don't think they ever tried to simulcast it or record it and put it out later. I think if nothing more, events will start doing that to realize there's an audience that would, you know, probably pay for that content from home that they weren't even, they weren't even serving before. You know, it was just all, all in person. So maybe we'll have more like hybrid type events, uh, you know, moving forward. But um, I don't know, what do you think? I always thought it was weird that
0: companies don't put that stuff out on, yeah. um, on YouTube for whatever reason. Either they want people to go to their website only, but it seems really limiting. Um, yeah. I, I've never fully understood that. Um, what, what is one of your favorite um, speakers or presentations or panels, um, either in person or virtually? What's something that either sticks out in your mind as a favorite, either entertaining or informative for whatever reason? What's something that you, you know, you've heard that, uh, that sticks out in your mind and why?
1: Um, we had at our last event, we had the, the Clios partnered with us and they gave out um, a bunch of awards. And we, had, we got to have a Burner and Run the Jewels. And, uh, it was really cool to have them there because, uh, number one, I didn't know who run the jewels was. And then I started listening to them and now I'm like a big fan. I'm like, okay, late to the party guys. Uh, but no, I mean, they're awesome. They're very, you know, socially conscious, you know, clever. Um, and then when they came on and talked, you know, uh, for a a good, about a half hour at the last emerge and just kind of, you know, just, just, just let it all out They're They're very, very. Conscious of the fact that this industry has been, you know, largely built on the backs of you know brown people that are being locked up, and and that you know um, they're paying a lot in taxes, but you know it just I, I think that what they were talking about made a lot of sense because they're big stars, they're big celebrities, um, but they also realize that this industry has to be true to its roots and there has to be some kind of give back, I think, to the community that really is suffering, you know, and, and a lot of people are still locked away for the plant. So I think that it was, it was cool that they brought it full circle, you know, that these are, these are big s- celebrities and entertainers, but they're not forgetting the fact that there's still some wrongs that need to be, that need to be fixed. And there's uh, you know, they brought up a good point. We're getting, you know, taxed 30, 30%, 35% or something like that. They thought it was just for potholes and no, it's actually, they're getting taxed and they're locking people up, you know, for this plant. So I, I, I just thought, it was really cool to hear them. Um, but another one of my favorite speakers is, um, we had Wanda James and I just think she's, she's a fireball. You know what I mean? Like, I just love to hear her talk and, um, you know, she does not pull punches at all. I like the people that say it how it is, you know, and, uh, and anytime you get a chance to hear someone that is going to, you know, not be afraid to ruffle some feathers, it feels authentic. And I think that authenticity is good, you know, uh, especially in this industry. So I like the the little, little controversial, a little edgy, you know, kind of type people because um, yeah, you don't know what they're going to say, but you know, they're going to keep it real.
0: Well, let me transition into uh, 2019. One of the the top kind of tech stories uh, for 2019 was going to be accurate dosing. So there was a lot of Mm -hmm. investment capital and a lot of technology put into trying to um, get people to not overdose and give the right accuracy and what you need. Where is that at? Like what kind of technology are you guys seeing through your platforms kind of making its way into uh, mainstream?
1: Yeah, you're right. There was, there was a lot of, uh, of energy. I, I feel like I'm time traveling right now thinking back to 2019 because yeah, that was MJ Biz. You know, I know we were talking with a lot of people. There was GoFire. You know, there's a bunch of these others that um, it, it was a real important thing, right? We needed to be able to determine an accurate dosage um when you're when you're when you're when you're vaping especially, you know, was was something how much how much are you getting so that you can, you know, work on the the efficacy and so we can start figuring out what is it good for. Um I think that a lot of that technology is still evolving. Uh I was on a panel for the um uh what was it the uh the whole plant expo and it was on this exact topic right here. And I think there are still some some apps and some um you know basically ways I think they're trying to crowdsource the, the information so that they can gather that data and then they can determine, you know, what strains are doing what to help with this. It's kind of like a Yelp sort of, you know, that technology where people say, hey, this this made me really sleepy or this made me here. So it's all about the data. Um, I think they are doing some, you know, some some going in that direction. But you're right, it, it it's calmed down a little bit. You know, it doesn't seem as big now, but it is, it is super important, right, especially as 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 this plant is treated more as medicine, you've gotta be able to have some kind of dosage standards, you know, through all different delivery delivery systems, whether they're, you know, smoking flower or it's something like that. So I have noticed that there's some, some real smart people, you know, behind the scenes there. So that technology is still moving forward. Um, but I think that we're not quite there yet.
0: We're making strides. We don't have vitamin E acetate in our vapes anymore causing issues. Vape batteries yeah. aren't exploding in people's purses and pockets anymore. Um, they're not clogging. The carts aren't clogging like they used to. Uh, so, yeah, we've
1: made some strides, I think. <laughs> That was a, that was another big one too, right? You know what I mean? The, uh, the whole, the whole industry had to kind of take a deep breath when, when the, um, you know, we had the issue with the vaping with the, uh, you know, the people, what, I mean, some people died from it, right? You had some people that had some severe lung damage and, um, yeah, that was a, that kind of made the whole industry pause and it really put it under the microscope. What, what are we putting in these cartridges, you know? And, uh, and that, Yeah, that was a that was a little touch and go that probably that probably put a little black eye on the, uh, you know, on the vaping industry for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: What's I'm going to transition a little bit into censorship uh, with cannabis and being online and social media and your publication and how you're able to circumnavigate that in 2017 2018 there was a lot of issues with Instagram Facebook canceling people with um, with cannabis Um, How has that evolved? Where are we at in terms of, you know, freedom of speech, since a lot of platforms are canceling people for whatever reason, um, and, and platforms getting shut down entirely parlor got shut down um, for its own reasons. So with cannabis, how, how do you see that kind of moving forward with social media and being able to advertise like it's a normal industry?
1: Yeah, it's still a nightmare. You know, like there's, there's, there's a real lack of consistency, I think is what you'll find, you know, some people get Their accounts shut down, and then there's others you see that have millions of followers, you know, cannabis everywhere. Uh, We've tried to skate around that, you know, that we're um, a publication with Cannabis and Tech Today. We're about the, the science and, you know, the medical. We tried to, you know, kind of dance that route, too, and they were like, nah. In fact, all of our magazines got flagged whenever we tried to promote anything with cannabis and tech today, they by association locked all of our other ones. So even innovation and tech, you know, residential tech that, yeah, none of it could, could do any kind of advertising. So we were in the penalty box for a really, really long time. And I think that, you know, um, you know, until it changes federally, I think that these guys are going to continue to, I mean, let's be honest. They don't care. They, they really don't care. I mean, I'm sure they would like to have the advertising money, that is something that obviously is the, you know, straw that stirs the drink. But really at the end of the day, when you're like, you shut down my Instagram account, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, they're not like, well, wait a second. We've got somebody over here in, in Seattle. They're super upset. We've got to, you know, they don't even care. And that's funny too. Um, you know, when you think about it, um, you know, with, with President Trump being uh, his, his Twitter account taken down, his Facebook or whatever, I saw something that was an interesting take. I think it was in Popular Science in their newsletter, or maybe it was wired, but it was like um, being banned on social media is actually a pretty freaking common occurrence. It is not such a strange thing that you violate terms of services and you get put on detention. I think a lot of people have been put in timeout, you know, had their accounts suspended for a few days or whatever. Um, and so I just think the platforms, they, yeah, you know, they they sort of rule, and that's where everybody's getting their news, where everybody's communicating um hopefully that'll change soon but we can't you know we can't even sell subscriptions to our magazine you know online i mean it's about as yeah i mean if it even just has the word cannabis or anything around it they've got algorithms you know they pick that up and it's done so we really have to just be um creative do a lot of old school stuff and a lot of affiliate things you know through our partners networks our friends and stuff but it's it's a minefield and there's really not a lot of consistency um i don't know i think maybe there's got to be something federally, either they've got to decriminalize cannabis or there's got to be something done um, where they will feel comfortable doing it. Because obviously they don't want, just like banks, you know, they don't want the federal government coming back on them. And so they're just covering their ass, you know, they're CYA. And so the cannabis businesses, we just, it's a random minefield of what the hell do we do? (laughs) You know, it's just, it's, I I will tell you this though, uh, LinkedIn has been good. LinkedIn has been good to us. LinkedIn has probably been the best platform. And at Twitter, I mean, anything goes there. But really, LinkedIn, I think, has been been good for the business side of this business. Um, We've had some of our best promotions for Emerge on there, you know, ticket sales, again, you know, people getting together on there. And then, of course, you've got the endemic, you know, like LeafWire obviously where, you know, you can get over there and you can promote your stuff too. But yeah, Facebook and Instagram is a, is a, is a tricky one. And I don't know if there's going to be any resolution to that anytime soon.
0: Facebook is a black hole for me, but I love LinkedIn favorite platform hands down. Um, What's a good uh, either cover story or story that you're looking forward to uh, that's going to be coming out in cannabis and tech today uh, and then in the future.
1: Yeah. So we had, we just had Melissa Etheridge uh, on the cover and we always have different celebrities. You know, we, we, we always try to tie something in, you know, we're we're still selling magazines here. Um, And so we've got some really cool people that we've had on the covers. If you go back, you know, from the Kevin Smiths and, you know, Cheech and Chong and Jim Belushi and stuff like that. I, I mean... I like Jim Belushi a lot. I, I am a big fan of some of his movies and stuff growing up. And I think a lot of people in the industry, you know, they were like, oh, he's just a Hollywood guy, you know, trying to cash in here. I think he really wants to be a cannabis grower and a farmer. And I think that he's, he's just kind of fun to watch. You know, he had a, he had a show on Discovery. Um, he spoke at Emerge. He does a lot with Last Prisoner Project. I just, he was on our cover and he actually let our um, managing editor, Trish, fly out and stay at his farm. Which was just really cool. Like he's just a he's just a cool guy. You know what I mean? I saw him here in Colorado. That he came with Dan Aykroyd. They were promoting the Blues Brother brand. They came out with the car and then the getups and stuff. And they had face masks because it's COVID. But it was no. He's he's a cool dude. I, I like him. He's a character. Um, but I really do think he cares about the plant and the industry as well. So he was one that we had there. And for the the spring, we're not sure. But um, we 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 were talking about Snoop. He was going to be at the, uh, he was going to be at the Cleo's. They were giving him a lifetime achievement award and kind of the most Snoop thing ever. Like he didn't show up to accept his award, <laughs> you know? And so anyways, um, but he would really wanted to be on the cover of the spring issue. So I guess I'd say stay tuned. We may have a uh, Snoop dog for the spring issue as people said they wanted to, but then again, sometimes Snoop does what Snoop does. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see if we get him for the, uh, for the spring.
0: Remind me when the Emerge is coming up and uh, let me know. Tell me what uh, about it you're looking forward to, either a specific topic or speaker or, or whatever else.
1: Yeah, so looking at the dates, uh, it's going to be March 15th through the 17th. Um, and we'll have, again, you know, three auditoriums chock full of different sessions. Um, tickets will go on sale, I believe, next week. Um, and it's, again, the theme is going to be cultivation and sustainability, but there will be, you know, probably a good 45 sessions. So there's something for everyone. And then afterwards, when it's over, uh, we email links to all the people that have a ticket the the cool thing about Emerge is the platform's open for 90 days. So when you buy your ticket and you go to Emerge and you come in there and you mob around, you create your avatar. Um, the, the, after the three days is over, that world is still open. And so we have private business events in there. It's literally like going into a video game world. There's a blimp that flies around, you know, all the virtual assistants are in there. It's like being in a video game, uh, but for business and it's open for 90 days. And we had, you know, uh, the national association of cannabis business. They had a couple hundred people come, we opened up a merge and they invited them in and they had their, uh, their social equity day there, you know, so uh, we can do private business events in there. I'm sure we could do like bar mitzvahs, you know, weddings, like whatever, man, you know, we can, we can rent this bad boy out. But um, yeah, it's the 15th through the 17th. But when you buy a ticket, you get the whole 90 days, and you get access to all that content as well. So, you know, you ever been to an event where there's like oh, two people you want to see at the same time, and you got to pick, you know, what session to go to here, we send it to you all afterwards. And so that way, you can kind of Peruse it at your convenience, you don't miss anything and you still get all the networking, you know, exchanging business cards and, uh, and and chopping it up with all the uh, exhibitors and sponsors. So yeah, it'll be uh, the 15th through the 17th and uh, cultivation sustainability, but there'll be a ton of tracks and we always, we always are, are lucky that we get really, really good speakers and panels because they're all, uh, they're our friends from all across the industry.
0: Well, I'm going to have to uh, call you during it. On Monday, uh, when we go live, I'm going to give you a call because you can do that. You can interact with people. You can tap them on the shoulder. and call. So we'll we'll do that. I'm going to try and call you if you're available and free for four minutes and 20 seconds, uh, just to try the feature out and and chat um, on
1: the Emerge on march 15th anything else i missed yeah anything else you want to plug yeah, no i just i i just wanted to uh to add to that that we have uh you know a group of people that meets under the escalators at the emerge virtual conference center they go meet under the escalators and they all call each other right and they have a virtual smoke session so everybody's at their house they're in their office or whatever but all their avatars are standing there in a big circle underneath there and it's all the cool kids there's like 15 20 people uh then someone puts a zoom link in there and then we're all talking and smoking. So again, it's not the same as in person, but it's it's about as close as you're gonna get during a pandemic. And we we went really far to get this platform, first time used in North America on this kind of scale, you know, just so the industry could get back together. So love to see everybody there. We're definitely um uh, speaker applications are open. We love sponsors. We can't do this without the support of our sponsors and our alliance partners, you know, our other media friends out there that help promote it. And so um any anybody who wants to get involved, it we're super easy to get a hold of. Uh emergecana.com is the website. And uh yeah tickets should go on sale next week and it should be a lot of fun and hopefully we'll uh, just keep growing this little thing and, and help us get through the pandemic till uh, we get back to 20,000 people at a time at MJ biz, you know, 30,000 or whatever.
0: Yeah, easily the best virtual conference I've seen, uh, and not just for cannabis, but industry wide. It's it's easily the best uh, virtual uh, that I've seen. So I am I am excited about the potential for the an Oculus or you know hardware and software like VR to kind of make it a little bit more uh, in person. But um, this is about as good as we can get. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and by the way, we put some requests in. So we had people last time, they were like, hey, man, can we update the avatar's clothes? Uh, hey, we want to be able to do this. You know, hey, we want to do that. So we are listening, people. Give us feedback. We're asking the developers. You know, we we were even going to get a Snoop avatar. He said he wanted to walk around and everything like that. And we were like, uh, can you guys create a, you know, with a, t- a six foot four, you know, guy with braids and stuff like that. And they all went and talked and they were like, yes, we will create one for him. So they were going to make him his own Snoop avatar. Uh, which would be the first time in the history of Emerge. But I guess if you're a big celebrity, you know, and you've got 40 million Instagram followers, they will make you your own avatar. That's that's awesome.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap that one up. I want to thank my guest, Charles Warner. He is the CEO and founder of Cannabis in Tech Today, as well as the Emerge virtual conference. Chuck, thanks
1: for being on the podcast. Dude, thanks so much for having me, man. Love what you're doing there and appreciate the support.
0: Yeah, we'll have to get you back on when they're not doing construction up above. Yeah. Uh, it was a little, little distracting. I'm not going to lie, but I appreciate you being on the podcast.
1: Yeah. All thanks right. so much.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the talking hedge. Don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Cool. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.
2: Thanks for listening to today's show. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.